My name is Matthew Becker. I'm a husband, a level one CrossFit trainer, a CrossFit affiliate owner, personal trainer, Olympic lifting coach, lawyer, blogger, employer, mentor. Oh, and I own a retired racing greyhound. I have a lot on my plate and I gotta keep moving forward. In business, they say if you aren't growing, you are dying. So to keep moving forward, I have to improve by 1% every day. It's called the aggregation of marginal gains. It requires me to optimize my life as much as possible. On the Stronger Revolution podcast, I share strategies with you so that you can improve your life by 1% every day. Almost every day, at some point in my day, I end up having a conversation with somebody, and whether it be my wife or my head coach at the gym or another one of my good friends, and inevitably, the question comes up of how is your day or how was your day? Nine times out of ten, I define my day to the other person by its level of perceived productivity in my brain. In other words, somebody says to me, how was your day today? And usually, my response ends up being something along the lines of either, it was a great day, I was super productive and I got a lot of things on my to-do list done, or my response is, eh, it wasn't that great today, I had a really hard time getting started, I couldn't get things going, it just wasn't that productive of a day. And this came up last week, very specifically, and stuck in my brain, especially as I was preparing for this episode, and the reason was, as part of my legal job, I have an opportunity to serve as an arbitrator. An arbitrator, in this instance, is when an attorney gets to go and sit in mandatory arbitration here in Allegheny County, uh, Pittsburgh, and he is one of three other attorneys, or she is one of three other attorneys who basically listen to low-level, low-money cases uh, between two parties, and then decide, sort of as a judge would or as a jury would, the outcome of those cases. And these three attorneys then sort of get to talk and consult with each other and ultimately make a not-quite-binding decision, but a legal decision about who wins the case. And so some attorneys, like myself, sign up to be put on this arbitration list. And then every so often, the arbitration division calls and says, hey, if you're available this morning to serve as an arbitrator, we have a need for an arbitrator. So last week, I went over and I served as an arbitrator. And the advantage to serving as an arbitrator is you make a little bit of money and you get to hear not only cases presented to you, so you get sort of the unbiased third-party perspective at these cases, but you also get to spend time working with other attorneys to listen to their opinions on how they sort of approach different types of cases that you can then turn around and use when you're presenting a case to arbitration, knowing sort of how generally arbitrators or other attorneys look and listen to these cases. The sort of the downfall to serving as an arbitrator is typically it takes up the entire morning. So almost anything that you have planned that day to do, either one gets pushed back to after lunch or two simply gets pushed off to an entirely different day. 
This can become very disruptive to somebody like myself or some of you who have very structured days. So I have to be very smart about what days I go over and serve as an arbitrator because I know there's a really good chance that this is going to throw off my entire schedule. Even further, since I typically split time between the legal practice and the gym and Usually the legal practice covers the morning and then I start to lean more toward the gym practice in the afternoon or the gym practice, the gym itself in the afternoon. That typically means if I'm serving as an arbitrator in the morning and I don't get out of arbitration, say until noon or one o'clock, then all of the legal work I had planned for that morning most likely is going to get bumped to the next day if I have a lot going on at the gym that I then have to go and address. I think on this particular day last week, it was that way that I had meetings then scheduled starting in the afternoon about 1 or 1.30. So as soon as I got out of arbitration, it was like, well, I don't have anything super pressing in the legal legal practice. So I'm going to move that to the following day and I now need to go address those things that I have scheduled um, at the gym. And so at some point, I have a conversation with my wife. Very specifically, I remember this. And she says to me, how's your day going? And I said, I served as an arbitrator all morning. It hasn't been a very productive day yet. And every time I say it, it causes me to take pause. And I think to myself, wait a second. Has it actually been a productive day? And why do I think it wasn't a productive day? And usually the reason that I think it was not a productive day is simply because I can't tick off a list of things that I got done in the amount of time that I was sitting and serving as an arbitrator. But then that brings us back to the question that we're going to answer today. Does that mean it was not a productive day? So the one thing that I want to do and accomplish in today's episode is to redefine the way that we are looking at productivity. Productivity to me does not mean at the end of the day I can set down my to-do list and I can show you the five, eight, or ten items that I was able to tick off of my to-do list, therefore stating that I've accomplished a lot, I have completed a lot of tasks, and thereby I had a productive day. That one, one and the other is not necessarily the same. So instead, we're going to start out with a sort of new definition of productivity. Productivity is not simply the art of accomplishing a lot of tasks. Productivity, as we are going to define it today, is the intentional completion of very specific tasks. Or, another way of saying it is the intentional application of time to completing a certain task. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that I got a certain number of items done. What we're going to start to look at as whether or not I had a productive day is did I do something or multiple things within my day with a particular reason in mind, so there's that intention, that somehow advances me either toward my goals or helps me become 1% better. And so if we take this different definition of productivity and I go back to last week and I reapply it to the morning that I served as an arbitrator, and I've already said one of the things that we can gain or one of the things that I can gain from serving as an arbitrator 
is sort of learning that different perspective. I'm sitting on the other side of the table, if you will, or the other side of the bench, listening as a trier of fact, studying their cases to try to figure out what did they present, what did they not present, what do I wish they would have presented, how are the other two arbitrators that I'm sitting with looking at judging and assessing these cases. And if I look at it from that learning perspective, and I think that at some point in the future, this is going to benefit me and my clients and the ability to represent my clients in a better way, and that is an ultimate goal for me, then that was a productive day. Because I've completed a task with an intention. I'm over there serving as an arbitrator with intention. And I'm not just mindlessly doing something. And we can start to apply this definition to just about anything we are doing in our lives to make sure that regardless of what we're doing, we're doing so in a productive manner. So let's step this back for a second and start to look at productivity as its own individual element. In order to start to be productive, we have to begin managing our time. And that should be of no surprise to anybody listening to this podcast. Productivity starts with time management. And what does time management mean? Well, time management gets a little bit circular here, essentially means being productive. Time management is the intentional application of time to tasks, right? Am I using the time that I have well so that I complete, so that I can complete what I need to do in the amount of time that I have, right? That's time management. Time management came up a lot in law school, whether you were going into being a public defender or going to work as a really big law firm, the general understanding is you're going to be super busy in whatever it is that you do. You're going to have a very high caseload. You're going to have a partner that's boiling down your neck trying to get you to uh, complete a certain tasks or they're loading you up with more or you're a public defender and you got a ton of cases to handle that morning as well as going back to the office and reviewing all of your other cases and preparing other cases, etc. And everybody always said, well, you just have to have good time management skills. You have to have good time management skills. And this entire time, I just wanted to stop them and say, what do you mean by good time management skills? Don't tell me I need good time management skills. Give me an example of what you mean by I need good time management skills. Because I can get a lot of things done in a very short amount of time. Does that mean I have good time management skills? And the answer to that is no, not necessarily. If I sit around all day long and all I ever do is get on the phone and get on emails and respond to text messages and everything else, and at the end of the day, I have not done anything that has moved me toward my goals, then I was not productive. I did not manage my time well. I didn't have good time management skills. So we have to manage our time in an efficient manner. Now, what that means is I have to look at the amount of time that I have to to do things, all right? Old school, it was nine to five. We worked nine to five. That was the time that you had. And then when you went home, you didn't have to worry about work. But prior to nine o'clock, you didn't have to worry about work, et cetera. Nowadays, that gets a little bit more dicey. You have to set those parameters for yourself nowadays. Because you have a phone, because you have a laptop, because you have email, 
Time available to you to complete tasks could start from the moment you wake up to the moment that you are so exhausted that you have to go to sleep at night. And I will promise you, I don't care what anybody else says, I will promise you that if you look at your management time as the time that you wake up in the morning to the time that you have to go to sleep because you can't keep your eyes open any longer, something's got to give, right? And chances are it's going to be you at some point, okay? Nobody can work that many hours on a regular basis. You have to take a break. And we will talk about some strategies for taking a break in the future. But for today, we're talking about being productive, 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 there we go, and having good time management skills. So when we're scheduling out our day, we have to schedule the hours by which we have available to us to get tasks completed. Okay, so now I know how many hours I have. Let's say it's six. I have six hours within my day that are available to me so that I can complete tasks. Time management skills then are the application of that six hours to the the most important tasks that I have to get done. Productivity is completing those most important tasks and being intentional about using those six hours to complete those tasks. Are you seeing the difference? There are multiple productivity tools out there that you can use to help you stay on track. I've tried a ton of them. All right, there's like the three by two or the five things to do rule, all right, where you take and you do, you, you look at your to-do list and you do three easy things and two long things during the day. That's your goal is to complete three really easy things and two longer things, right? There are brain dumps by which you take everything that you have to do and you put it all down on a piece of paper and then your goal is to try to tick off those things with some sort of hierarchy. We, I think we've talked about that one um, in the past. There's a basic calendar idea wherein you schedule out your time on a basic calendar. There's the Pomodoro tracker. And this is one that I tried to get into for quite a while and it was one of those that ended up taking more effort than it actually ended up being worth. But the idea of the Pomodoro is that um, it's designed around those um, tomato timers that sometimes you'll see in kitchens. And whoever created the Pomodoro said, we basically have 25 minutes by which we can focus and then we need to take a break. Um, so the creator of the Pomodoro created this timer by which you set it for 25 minutes. And during those 25 minutes, you have un interrupted application of your efforts to whatever task you need to get completed. And then every 25 minutes, the timer goes off and you now have have five minutes to take a break to do whatever you want to relax your brain. And then you start back on to another 25 minutes. And so the idea is that you get a full 50 minutes of uninterrupted productive time every hour, and then 10 minutes of essentially like brain relaxation. There are meditation strategies, there are take a walk strategies, right? There are millions of productivity tools out there. Go on Google and just start with productivity tools. Google that and you're going to get a ton of them. And what these productivity um, tools are all designed to do is to help you focus your attention on one task. Right? And that's sort of a, a key starting point for 
anytime we're talking about actually achieving productivity is the idea that you cannot multitask. It doesn't matter how many people talk to you about their ability to multitask. I've heard this run the gamut. Oh, I'm a great multitasker and I can do like four things at once. No, you can't, right? And I guarantee you, you can't. In fact, just to prove that you can't, I want to hold a conversation with you and then send you an email at the same time and watch you try to respond to the email and carry on a conversation with me. It's not going to happen. You're either responding to me and you're not paying attention to your email or you're going to pay attention to your email while I'm talking to you and then you're going to kick back in a couple seconds later and have to either one, catch up or figure out what question I just asked you. Right? You cannot multitask. Our human brains must focus on one thing. And the biggest problem with productivity in today's society is that we have so many different things that are vying for our attention that it's almost impossible to try to focus on one thing for any given amount of time. Try to focus on this podcast for the 30 minutes that I'm likely going to be talking today. I guarantee you, your mind is going to start to wander onto different things. So rule number one, when we're talking about being productive, is stop multitasking. You have to focus on one thing. Um, I was starting a book last week that I'm, I'm in the middle of. It's, it's written by a big-name CrossFitter named Jason Kalipa, and it's called The AMRAP Mentality. And the AMRAP Mentality is just basically laying all of this stuff out. Right? It's from what I've told thus far, and I'm about halfway through the book. Um, it's just basically Jason Kalipa's way of being productive. Now, he says in a couple of different ways, uh, you have to be focused, you have to be intentional, um, and you have to work really, really, really hard. Now, that's basically productivity in and of itself. All he's doing is offering another productivity tool and a way to help you focus on the tasks in which you need to complete. So one of the ways that we can do this, first, no multitasking. Second, when you are attempting to complete a task, focus on that task. Another way of saying is this is when you are at work, focus on work. When you are at home, focus on home. When you are at the gym, focus on being at the gym. When you're making dinner, focus on making dinner, okay? Don't try to make dinner while also answering emails. Don't go to the gym and sit down on the recumbent bike and try to read a magazine or try to have a phone call or try to answer emails. Don't sit down at night next to your spouse at the dinner table while both of you have your cell phones out on the dinner table. Don't drive and try to text. Okay, now that's not a public service announcement. It's just a good point, right? You have to focus on what you're trying to do at the time in which you're trying to do it. So no multitasking and focus on your actual purpose for what it is at that time of day and what you're trying to do. So these are sort of the two basic principles that you need in order to start to be productive. Next, you have to find a way to not be disturbed. You've got a phone, and I guarantee you, your phone has a do not disturb function. 
The question that you have to ask yourself is can you rip yourself away from that phone and put it on do not disturb long enough that you can actually complete the task in which you're trying to complete? Chances are most of you will say that you can do it but won't actually ever do it. And I'll challenge you to do that. Find out how to put your phone on do not disturb. On iPhones, I just know there's a drive mode and there's also that moon that's a do not disturb. If you stick it on drive mode, People who try to get a hold of you will either, one, be able to get through if they're on your favorites, or two, not be able to get through. And if they send you a text message, they'll get a text kicked back that you can customize the message that basically says, you know, I'm driving, or I'm taking time away from my phone, or something like that. If you put it on do not disturb mode, which is just like the moon, these people will not know that you're on do not disturb mode. It's just none of their... Uh, attempts to contact you will go through. All right, you won't get the notification. Once you take it off, do not disturb. You'll get the notification of the text message that they sent you. You won't see it at the time that your phone is on. Do not disturb. And that's going to be a big one. If you can separate yourself yourself from your phone for a prolonged period of time, your productivity. Your ability to be intentional about the way that you're applying your time is automatically going to go up. You can start to practice this too. While you're at your office, take your phone and flip it screen down and put it on silent. Right? You don't have to do it go so far in the beginning as putting it on do not disturb or drive mode. Just flip it upside down so you can't see the screen light up. If you have your computer open and you're doing things on your computer screen, minimize your emails and do whatever you need to do to get rid of the little, um, I guess, like notification in the, in, the, in, the, in the task bar that shows that you have a certain number of emails because you're going to notice when that number goes up to seven and now all of a sudden your anxiety is going to go up because you're going to want to check that. So you first, no multitasking. Second, focus on what you're trying to get done. And third, Eliminate the distractions. Next, you have to get that list of things that you want to accomplish. Now, we've talked about different ways to do this in the past. Things like do your important things first or first things first, right? Different ways to prioritize your day based on your ultimate end goals, right? Um, the Eisenhower cube, if you will. Dwight D. Eisenhower had a, a way of he designed a cube and whether or not it was Urgent, not important, not urgent, not important, urgent and important, not urgent, but important, not urgent, not important, right? And you design your, 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 that cube and then you put your various tasks within those four areas. And those are sort of the things that you're supposed to do first, where you want to pay attention to the urgent and important, uh, etc. right? Just another productivity tool. Whenever you are trying to be productive, keep in mind that there are areas throughout your day where you can fit in productivity. Let me give you an example. When I first started practicing the law, I noticed that a large portion of practicing the law is hurry up and wait. Everybody would rush to court at 9 a.m. when the judge schedules you to be at court. Got to be there at 9 a.m. You get there at 9 a.m. and your case doesn't get called until 11 a.m. So what do you do for those two hours? Well, in the beginning, I would just sit there and twiddle my thumbs. 
And I was like, I would complain. I was like, oh, this is terrible. I'm wasting so much time. I'm sitting here just waiting and waiting, waiting. Come on, please call my case next. I can't handle this. Just call my case so I can get out of here and get back to my office so I can be, quote unquote, productive. Eventually, what I realized is with some planning, I can fill that time being productive. So I have my goals that I want to accomplish whether that be at my legal practice, whether that be in my personal life, whether that be for the gym. Each one of those goals has tasks that are going to get me closer to those goals. The aggregation of marginal gains, things I do every day to get me 1% closer to my goals. Those individual tasks are the things that I need to do on a daily basis and accomplish if I'm going to consider myself to be productive. I'm intentional. I'm intentionally trying to do things that help me reach my goal. I'm not just mindlessly answering emails or making phone calls or watching TV or surfing the internet. It's all intentional. A lot of that stuff is portable, which means when I'm sitting in court for two hours twiddling my thumbs, I could be hand drafting a blog post, writing my next podcast working on um, programming for the gym, writing letters to clients, doing research, printing out case law for things that I need to review, taking that case law with me to review while I'm sitting in court, taking a book that I'm reading like AMRAP Mentality by Jason Kalipa or How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I can sit there and I can better myself while I'm sitting waiting for something else to happen. Because what I'm doing is I'm intentionally using time that is available to me to complete tasks that I need to get done. The definition of productivity. And then at the end of the day, I can look back and when somebody says, how was your day? If I know I filled my day full of things that made me productive, it's because I filled my day with intentional action to complete certain tasks. I didn't just sit there and do absolutely nothing or sit there on Instagram, scrolling through with my thumb, hoping to see something really cool. Now, that doesn't mean that there is no place for something like watching TV, surfing the internet, or surfing social media. And this is something that's going to come up finally that I've kind of been waiting to discuss because up to this point in the podcast, I've pretty much bashed social media on a regular, consistent basis that you shouldn't be on there just searching through Facebook or Instagram hoping for something really cool to happen. There is a time and place for something like social media. That time and place is when you're intentionally trying to give yourself a break. Yes, social media can be part of a productivity plan. If I'm going, 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 going all day long, I'm meeting with clients, I'm being creative by drafting things like new programming, I'm recording podcasts, I'm in meetings with my employees. I'm talking to legal clients. I'm serving as an arbitrator. I'm doing a preliminary hearing, right? And I'm just, all of this stuff is just pounding my brain all day long. 
I have to give myself a break at some point. In that five minutes that I have that I just kind of need to decompress and fill my brain or perhaps 10 minutes while I'm eating lunch and I don't want to eat lunch and make a client phone call, I can use something like social media as an intentional time during my day to separate myself from all of the hard grinding work that I'm regularly doing. As long as I'm using those things with intention, then there's nothing wrong with it. Where I run into a problem is where I use social media as a mindless time filler when I could be doing something else. When I could be taking one step closer to my goal, let's say um, I have client programming to do, I have private programming to do, and I know I need to get it done. And yet my choice is to go out there and search Facebook because that's easier, right? I haven't really done anything else today, but I don't really feel like doing anything because it's Friday and, well, you know, nobody does really anything on Friday. Well, all right, nobody else does anything on Friday, but that doesn't mean you don't do anything on Friday because you are a productive person. And so if I'm making the choice of not getting my work done that I need to get done just to go out and search for social media, that's a problem, right? That's going to catch up to me after a while. But if I'm taking a couple minutes out of my day to search around through social media in order to give my brain a little bit of break so that in five or 10 minutes, I can go back to completing all of the tasks that I need to complete. There's nothing wrong with that. Use that time wisely. Same thing with watching TV at night. If you need to just decompress a little bit, use that time wisely, but make sure it's intentional. So finishing up, let's close out with a quote. This week's quote uh, comes from Dale Carnegie, who happens to be the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is a book that I highly recommend that you read, and not just once, but multiple times. I'm on my third time uh, getting through that book right now, and I pick up things every time I read it. Uh, But according to Dale Carnegie, he says, quote, Do the hard jobs first. The easy jobs will take care of themselves. End quote. I hope I've helped you refocus your thoughts about productivity so that you're not just mindlessly ticking things off of your to-do list, but that you are applying the time that's available to you during the day to intentionally completing tasks that you need to get done for a particular reason. Start to apply that refocusing to your day and see if you don't have a changed perspective of how productive your days are. I'll talk to you guys again on the podcast. As always, if you ever have any questions about anything, please let me know. And thank you for listening.